0: Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey, listeners, in this episode, you'll get to hear from one of my mentors. Uh, She was at the Ole Miss School of Pharmacy when I was going through school and is still there leading and mentoring to so many students. But before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that my book is now available on Amazon. Go check out How Pharmacists Lead, Answers from Women Who Are Leading, Succeeding, and Impacting Pharmacy. It's a great book dedicated to women in pharmacy leadership right. So today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest is Dr. Leanne Ross, who is the Associate Dean for Clinical Affairs at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy and professor in the Department of Pharmacy Practice. She previously served as the chair of the Department of Pharmacy Practice and currently serves as the director of the Center for Clinical and Translational Science and research professor in the Research Institute of Pharmaceutical Sciences at the University of Mississippi. Dr. Ross also works with the John D. Bauer School of Population Health at the University of Mississippi Medical Center as a professor in the Department of Population Health. She received a Bachelor of Business Administration and her Doctor of Pharmacy, degree from Ole Miss and completed a primary care pharmacy residency at UMMC, University of Mississippi Medical Center. Since joining the faculty in 2009, Dr. Ross has led practice initiatives to implement medication management services at the medical center and in communities through UM's community-based research program. In addition to her work in pharmacy Dr. Ross completed a two-year congressional fellowship in the office of U.S. Senator Thad Cochran, where she served as policy advisor on health care and also worked on labor, housing and economic development. She's a graduate of Leadership Mississippi and has been actively involved in professional organizations at a state and national level as the past president of Mississippi Pharmacists Association and current president-elect of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. Dr. Ross is passionate about leadership development and advocacy within our profession. Leanne, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast.
1: Thank you, Hillary. I'm delighted to be with you today. I always, um, Love an opportunity to spend time uh, with a, a fellow Ole Miss pharmacy family member. So I'm um, glad to be with you today.
0: Absolutely. And yes, and I'll just add that that Leanne was one of those uh, leading females uh, who was at Ole Miss who I and others have had the opportunity to look up to um, along the way. And so I'm excited to have her here to share a little bit more about her story so now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, um, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit more about your personal life.
1: Certainly, I would be glad to. I um, I was fortunate to grow up in a family of pharmacists. So pharmacy has been, I guess I never knew life without pharmacy. My dad owned a community pharmacy in my hometown in Northeast Mississippi, Pontotoc, and um, and then my brother, uh, older brother is, um, a hospital pharmacist in New Albany, Mississippi. And, um, so I, I was able to observe pharmacy from a very early age, both in the community setting and then also institutional and in other settings. And so, um, I had lots of good role models, um, in my personal life growing up, uh, that, that bled over into my professional life later on, um, who really modeled service for me. And, um, so I'm, I feel fortunate to be in our great profession of pharmacy, um, and have that that going on. Um, I am married to a physician, um, Brendan Ross, and I, we uh, have our our favorite little cockapoo, Maddie Reese, um, who we like to spend time with when we're not at work.
0: All right. It's always good to have those things outside of work too, but I know you stay very busy doing some pharmacy things and and it's always neat to hear when people have pharmacy in the family. So um, thanks for sharing about that. So Leanne, you've got a lot of uh, neat things in your background. And so kind of where I'd love to start is, you know, people might be thinking, how did she do an intern or what, what is a fellowship on, on the Hill? And, you know, cause you're clearly still very involved in, in advocacy for the profession. And I think that that was probably, of course, you've got all this background in, in practice and, and clinical experience, but um, maybe we can start with kind of your, your advocacy um, uh, experience.
1: Certainly. I, um. I was very fortunate to have opportunities early on to be involved within pharmacy that I think spurred my interest in advocacy. Um, At at a state level, I I, I really, and I guess this kind of goes back to those personal and professional role models I had through the years who were involved in service. Um, They really, you know, seeing everyone from, um, the, my mentors within the School of Pharmacy and with, just within pharmacy in general, um, my, my personal mentors, seeing my father join and be a part of different organizations and the relationships that developed. Um, I did get involved early on and had a chance through working with the Mississippi Pharmacist Association to go to Washington and Um, really kind of introduced me to advocacy and and seeing kind of what what that was all about. So I guess that was my first experience and just kind of getting to see what it was all about. And the importance of it was through some of the service and professional organizations at a state level. Mm -hmm. And then um, I had, um, we at Ole Miss have been very fortunate um, to have wonderful relationships with our congressional leaders. And um, there was a fellowship program that was started um, actually back in, I believe it was 1999. Um, and, um, we had a pharmacy graduate student at that time, Blake Thompson, who went to be the first fellow in this newly established fellow program in Senator Cochran's office in Washington. And there have been a number of people through the years who have been able to, to do that, uh, to take part in that same opportunity. Um, but it was um, a fellowship in which um, someone from our Oxford campus would participate one year and then someone from our medical center campus would participate another year. And so we had all different professions. It wasn't just pharmacy. We had nursing and medicine and others who were able to participate. Um, but about the time I was there in 2006 and 2007, um, and about that time after Blake had finished his um graduate program, he moved there and he became a permanent staff member with Senator Cochran, and he was his health policy advisor. And he was actually um, moving into another role, being the legislative director for Senator Cochran, um, and at that time was looking to have more of a faculty member instead of maybe a student coming to shadow um, who could maybe take a little bit more responsibility with some of the policy work. And so it just worked out that I had just Completed that time as president of MPHA, and, and I had the support of, um, of the people I worked with at the medical center I and mean, with the School of Pharmacy, or I never could have done uh, taken advantage of this. Um, and, and Brendan and I had only been married a short period of time at that time, but we were able to, um, to work it out for me to go and to be there for two years. Um, and I I went planning to stay one, but like they say, sometimes you get within that beltway and it just sucks you in and you get Mm -hmm. to stay. I was able to, um, offer the opportunity to stay an additional year and we were able to make that work. So, um. It really was a unique opportunity. There are lots of different fellow programs that allow healthcare professionals to be there and, and to be involved in policy work, whether it's in the Senate or um, different agencies. Um, lots of great program. This one was specific to our institution. Um, and I thought that was a really unique thing for me because I, wanted, I love Ole Miss, as you know, and I mm-hmm. love our School of Pharmacy. And this allowed me to stay connected um, with um, our school, our institution and our state. Um, at the same time, really kind of expanding and learning about advocacy. It, it provided an opportunity. And I thought I knew a lot about healthcare when I went there mm-hmm. um, from having kind of grown up in pharmacy, as I said, and then um, this career. Um, I had been working in clinical practice at the medical center with lots of different disciplines. But this gave an opportunity not only to learn more about pharmacy, but to step back and kind of see healthcare more broadly mm-hmm. and to see where pharmacy fit into healthcare. Um, and then even staying that second year, I really got to see, um, it was right after Hurricane Katrina. And so there was, um, quite a bit of work on the Gulf coast with housing and, um, some of the labor work. And, um, we worked on some economic development projects that I got, I was able to participate and learn about as well. And then to see kind of how healthcare and pharmacy fit into even that broader picture, mm-hmm. um, was truly a great experience for me. It helped me to kind of understand, um, how we can better advocate for pharmacy within that broader landscape, I think. So um, really um, feel fortunate that I had that time to, to, to spend to work and learn about advocacy. And I work with such a wonderful team in Senator Cochran's office. And um, it also provided an opportunity, Hillary, to, to really learn more about Mississippi. You know, I grew up here, as I said, in Northeast Mississippi. And um, I know you were grew up in the Delta. And I just had not had the opportunity to spend a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and on the Gulf coast. And I I was able to also visit lots of our universities and learn more about the research that they were doing and things like that. Um, But I did really um, learn quite a bit about some of the disease burden in our state. And as you know, that's really focused a lot in in our Delta region and, Mm -hmm. and, and sees where some of the need and things like that. So I think I came back with a different view of Mississippi and how we, as a school and, and as a faculty member within the school, um, that we might could focus some of our work in the future. And, and so we tried, I tried to learn from that when we came back, when I came back and, um, apply some of it to our clinical and research. Yeah. Um,
0: No, that's a great segue into the, the research aspect of, you know, your career and, um, you know, Love to hear more because uh, one of the the pharmacy building on the Oxford campus is uh, in the the Thad Cochran Research Center, uh, and Ole Miss has has uh, been you know one of the national leaders in obtaining research grants and doing some of that. But um, as you mentioned, there's a lot of effort in the North Mississippi Delta area. And, yeah, that's been a big theme of um, what you've been doing. So we'd love to, to hear more about that.
1: Exactly. We have, um, as I said earlier, such such need in our state, and, and it's statewide, obviously. But um, I guess if I, I think back and um, really look at early career and when I was on faculty, even before I went to Washington, um, the area I was in primary care, residency trained as you said earlier and um, so we worked in at the medical center in um, developing pharma- pharmaceutical care clinics um, my predecessor had worked on that and and I was able to be a part of that um, as as you probably will recall we had um, Mississippi was progressive in um, scope of practice early on, and we had the ability to have collaborative practice agreements mm-hmm. a number of years ago. Um, and then our Mississippi Division of Medicaid um, approved in the 1990s to allow for payment for services for uh, pharmacists in certain disease states. And around that same time, the medical center opened these pharmaceutical care clinics with um, that were focused in these four disease states of asthma, anticoagulation, dyslipidemia, and diabetes. And so early in my career, my clinical practice was focused there with colleagues in the pharmaceutical care clinics um, later. And, and a lot of the work and research we did at that time was more around outcomes um, and looking and evaluating those services that we had there at the medical center. And I think, you know, the experience in Washington and getting to kind of see Mississippi more broadly and some of the um issues and, and, and ways that we might could contribute along with Ole Miss has along had a commitment to service. Um, And, and there was a a specific emphasis around the time in 2008 um, for um, our university to be involved in service for the citizens of our state. And so um, we, we, at that time formed what we called a community-based research program Mm -hmm. And we took the model of medication management that we were had implemented there at the medical center, working closely with physicians and nurse practitioners and others, Um, to try to optimize medication use and make sure that patients had access to the medications and to um, using them appropriately through the services that we were providing, to take that model and to implement it in areas where there was less access to care, um, such as in the Mississippi Delta. And so we were able to partner with some regional organizations with our state department of health and others through the years. um, And we have implemented medication management services in community pharmacies and in clinics, um, private physician clinics and federally qualified health centers in the Mississippi Delta region. Um, specifically, some of the work has taken place outside of there. A lot of it has focused on uh, cardiovascular disease because as you know, that's that's a, um, a major burden in our state mm-hmm. um, for uh, morbidity and mortality. So um, through the years, we've had a number of different projects and a number of different faculty and pharmacists, and we were able to start a residency program in community pharmacy through some of this work that we did uh, in the community-based research program. And, um, but really, not just implementing the services, but we've tried to be thoughtful about it in a way to evaluate and continue to contribute to the evidence base that shows the value of having pharmacists integrated as part of the healthcare team.
0: But first, do you help patients with diabetes select their pin needles? And have you recommended the UltiGuard Safe Pack yet? When you dispense Ultimed's Pin Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack, you promote safe sharps disposal. This protects families in your community from sharps injuries and can reduce the harmful reuse of needles. Your selection can make a difference. To learn more about Ultimed's Pin ulti guard safe pack visit ulti guard safe slash podcast ulti guard safe slash podcast u-l-t-i-g-u-a-r-d-s-a-f-e-p-a-c-k.com slash podcast ulti guard safe slash podcast yeah absolutely um no oh, that's really interesting and um Yeah, well, well, that's helpful to know about the community based research. Uh, What about the uh, translational science
1: work that you're doing as well? So, this is um, a more recent center um, to be implemented at our institution. Many people are very familiar within the School of Pharmacy. We have, of course, our academic departments, but we also have a research institute for pharmaceutical sciences. And within that, we now have four centers. And the one that probably most people are familiar with is our National Center for Natural Products Research, um, and we are internationally known for, for our work in that area. And as you said earlier, the, um, the Thad Cochran Center is there, the natural product center. So um, lots of, of, of good work going on in that space. We also have um, two other centers, a Center for Pharmaceutical Marketing and Management and a PI Center, which aligns with our pharmaceutics and drug delivery department and some of the work they do around drug formulations. But in 2017, we opened a new center called the Center for Clinical and Translational Science. Um, And we were really looking at filling a gap between, we were doing so much great basic science research and work around discovery, both on the Oxford campus and within the School of Pharmacy, and then on the Medical Center campus as well. And then at the same time, the Medical Center was really working to Um, build their clinical trial uh, enterprise and have uh, made great strides over the last few years. They have a a state-of-the-art facility that just opened last year there, um, and the number of clinical trials have really grown. But what we were wanting to do is to have this um, center in place to help facilitate some of the basic science discoveries along that translational spectrum into clinical trials at our own institution. Um, And then all taking it, on further in that translational spectrum um, into practice and into our communities. Um, So when this opened, our community-based research program work became part of this new center, along with um, some additional work that we're doing in preclinical translational science. And we're partnered uh, both with the Mississippi um, Center for Clinical and Translational Research, which is at, um, housed at the Medical Center with the University of Alabama in Birmingham, and other um, regional partners to try to facilitate translational science work.
0: Okay, very interesting. So another thing that that you've kind of alluded to uh, throughout our our conversation is service, and so not only um, service back to the community where you are, you know, looking at um, what are the needs of your community and how can we we best give back, because um, you know that is is a big part of what we do in healthcare, uh, but also back to the profession, and I think that. You know, if anybody is is looking at your um, your bio or looking at your, you've got a lot of. Uh, uh, Things back a lot of titles uh, added to the back of your name. So Farm D, she's got her BCPS fellow with ASHP and APHA and and others um, because you have been so involved with uh, so many of our professional organizations and of course are then the uh, president elect of ACCP. Um, tell us a little bit more about what it's been like to uh, be involved in so many different uh, of the the pharmacy organizations.
1: Well, I'll, I'll say that um, my husband teases me and says that I'm a joiner. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that, but yeah, and I am. And so I have, I have been very involved because I find it rewarding. And so I really, mm-hmm. um, speaking back to how I observed others and their involvement in service and, and in professional organizations and really seeing the relationships that evolved from that um, mm-hmm. and the importance of those relationships. And um, I'm just, I find it incredibly rewarding to get to interact with those people by really who are in all these different organizations, our colleagues. Um, but I also love having um, those long lasting relationships that many times are friendships um, that you get from that as well. But I guess, Seeing and the experience and advocacy pulling that in um, helped me to see that um, active engagement is so very important to move the needle in where we're going with practice advancement or anything else we're trying to advocate for. Um, So I think it's easy sometimes to get started in work and early in your career and things get busy and families and there's so many important things to focus time on. And I think that you have to be a bit... Um, deliberate about it, um, and and really getting involved and staying involved, because to me that is how being at those tables where decisions are made, or where um, there's opportunities to meet, you know be in front of people that you can really share ideas, and um, that's how we advance our profession. And so if we're not involved. Um, It's hard, to, as I said, to move things along. So that's, I I guess I I got into it just based on personality and and role models and people who encouraged me to be a part of it. And then I found it so rewarding that I continued to be involved and to seek opportunities for service within the organizations. Um, But I think getting, again, a little bit outside and seeing how all the organizations work together and how they um, were so important to the advocacy work helped me um, stay committed, I guess, and and really feel that it was um, an important thing, not only for me to be a part of, but um, to help to support my colleagues and our students and residents and others to try to get them to continue to be involved.
0: Hmm. And yeah, your point. Uh, it's hard to um, get things moving along or, or make a difference if you're not involved. So um, you've clearly shown commitment in that way, and have that's also um, led to you, you know, stepping up and and you know raising your hand and uh, being seen as a leader. And uh, obviously, with election to several different. Um, leadership positions, but, um, you know, tell us a little bit more about kind of your passion around leadership and leader developing,
1: uh, leaders. Well, I am very passionate about leadership development. And I think, um, I, again, have been so fortunate throughout my career just to have, um, wonderful people who have supported me in that regard. Um, I can think back to several who, who, who just, um, I can't say I thought to myself, I had a five-year leadership plan and this is what I need to do. But they kind of took me in and said, these are some things that you need to think about and do, et cetera. And so um, I, I try to encourage others to be very thought more thoughtful than I was, I guess, early on about it. Um, and mm-hmm. and and really, you know, again, um coming back from that experience in Washington and and working with lots of different leaders and seeing leaders outside of just pharmacy and healthcare too, um, I think helped Mm -hmm. me to have a a broader view of it. But one of the things that I was really um, passionate about doing coming back was to um, have a more formal way of sharing some of that with our students um, and Mm -hmm. our residents. And so Um, And and again, having support from colleagues at work, it's always great to have people who either share your interests or support um, kind of your ideas in this regard. But we were able to create um, an elective course that's focused on leadership and advocacy. And we've taught it for several years with our second year students. This year, we taught it with our third year students. Um, We also created... fourth year advanced pharmacy practice experiences in leadership and advocacy um, for those students who want to really take it that next step and, and, and learn even more. We've incorporated leadership experiences into some of our residency training as well. Um, and so trying to put in place some opportunities for students and residents and then um, as a um, chair of a department really tried to um, encourage young early career faculty to take advantage of leadership development programs um, and, and and steer them in that direction because I, I feel fortunate that someone did did that for me and I think the more formal structure that we can put in place for people and really because it's not something that everyone learns in pharmacy school we're we're learning about um, the clinical care and other things um, so for the especially for those who have this interest is how we're going to develop um, our leadership workforce for tomorrow so um, I absolutely find it rewarding to work with students and residents in that regard.
0: Mm, yeah, exactly. And, you know, developing that pipeline of future leaders is so important. Uh, and it's great to see that, that you all have been thinking about that and, and uh, implementing those learnings early on in students, uh, pharmacy school careers. So Leanne, um, Thank you for sharing uh, so much great you know advice and, and just your background and one of the questions that I love to ask all of our guests is what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career
1: it's always easier to think back on it isn't it and to say <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess the one thing that um, our piece of advice that was given to me and I tried to take advantage of it, um, and I do tell students and residents this, um, and that is to really take advantage of opportunities that come forward. I think sometimes as I said, it's easy to get um, very busy with our work and busy with um, our families, our personal life and and all of those things are so very important. but do seriously consider opportunities that come along. I think they do come along for a reason, and I've not regretted um, ever really, um, taking advantage of those professional opportunities that have been put forward. And I I always encourage people to do that.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So important to take opportunities. Uh, You never know where those might land Um, you. Well, Lee Ann, it has been such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the talk to your pharmacist podcast.
1: Well, Thank you, Hillary. It's been wonderful to be with you. We're so proud of you and love the work you're doing for pharmacy. Well, thank you. It's,
0: it was because of good role models that I had in pharmacy school. Thank you. For more about pharmacists in leadership, be sure to check out my new book now available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon. Go over to Amazon and search for How Pharmacists Lead, Answers from Women Who Are Leading, Succeeding, and Impacting Pharmacy. And I hope you check it And if you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry. We really appreciate your support in sharing this content. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.